What's happening, everybody? On today's show, a familiar face is back in the SEC. It's Bobby Petrino, reportedly being hired as the new OC at Texas A&M. We'll talk with Joey Ikes, host of Locked on Aggies, to find out if this is a bad hire or a sneaky good one. And we'll go around the conference, some more players declare for the draft. Some coaching assistant news around the SEC. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Around the conference. And we start over at Texas A&M as Jimbo Fisher reportedly finalizing a deal to hire Bobby Petrino as the Aggies' OC. Petrino would take over play-calling duties, according to Chris Lowe of ESPN. Petrino, one of the top offensive minds in football in the last decade-plus. He was briefly OC at UNLV uh, this offseason after spending last the last three years at Missouri State. Fisher and Bobby Petrino, they both coached against each other when they were in the ACC. Petrino at Louisville and uh, Jimbo over at Florida State. They were 2-2 two and two against one another. Petrino also had a lot of success against SEC defenses when he was at Arkansas, and that's when the league was defensive-oriented. Uh, Chris Lowe pointing that out. The Hogs finished first in scoring in 2011, so we will talk more with Joey Ikes in just a second. Some other news around the conference. Alabama linebacker Henry Toa Toa declared for the NFL Draft. He announced he will forego his final season of eligibility. Declared for the Senior Bowl two weeks ago, so wasn't a surprise. He, of course, spent his two, first two seasons with Tennessee before transferring to the Tide during his four years in college. He compiled over 350 tackles uh, with an interception and a touchdown. He's considered an early-round talent, and we'll see where he ends up. Of course, a lot of departures for Alabama this offseason. Uh, will Anderson, Jr., Bryce Young, Brian Branch, Jordan Battle, Eli Ricks, Byron Young, DeMarco Hellams. I mean, you're not going to recognize Alabama next season, except for one guy, Will Reichert. He's coming back. The Alabama kicker uh, announced a week ago he would declare for the NFL draft, but on Tuesday he announced, I'm coming back. So good news for Nick Saban and company. They get their kicker back. He uh, put in his post, after much prayer and guidance, I realized I wasn't ready to step away from Alabama football and the college experience. I've decided to take advantage of my final year of eligibility and tee it up with my Crimson Tide teammates one more time. He's Alabama's all-time career points leader, had a fifth season of eligibility available because of the pandemic waiver for the 2020 season. In other conference news, uh, Sam Pittman might be losing another coordinator. We know that uh, Barry Odom left this offseason to go be the UNLV head coach, but Kendall Bryles reportedly in demand, and this time the Arkansas offensive coordinator being targeted by targeted by another SEC coach. Uh, he's reportedly a target for Mississippi State coach Zach Arnett to go be the new OC at Mississippi State. Of course, this came after Bryles last year was 
reportedly offered the same position at Miami. Riles is 40 years old, had four different offensive coordinator roles in years at Baylor, Houston, Florida State, Florida Atlantic, joined Sam Pittman's staff in 2020. And uh, after Miami sniffed around on him last year, Browles amended a three-year contract that brought his annual salary to $1.2 million. Uh, it's getting paid very well, but we will see if Mississippi State is able to steal him away. Now, Mississippi State uh, and Zach Arnett, they did make a little change on their staff with um, the promotion of Matt Brock. Reports surfaced on Wednesday that uh, Zach Arnett would be making a move. And the official release came from the school, uh, announcing Matt Brock as a rising star in the coaching profession. He's had a tremendous impact on their defense the last three seasons. Uh, Brock called defensive plays in Mississippi State's bowl win over Illinois. He joined the Bulldogs in 2020 as special teams coordinator and outside linebackers coach. Uh, then he served as linebackers coach this past year. So uh, just an internal hire there for Zach Arnett and well-respected Matt Brock moving on up with the Bulldogs. Now, there was another report from Zach Arnett's staff or um, his roster at Mississippi State. They're going to be losing redshirt freshman quarterback Sawyer Robertson as he entered the transfer portal. He was a four-star recruit from 2021. He's a Texas native on three sports reporting that uh, he's entering the transfer portal. Six foot four, 215 pounds from Lubbock, Texas was the number uh, 22 recruit from the state of Texas that year. Uh, number 133 player in that class. So highly touted recruit, you know, makes sense. Sounds like he had committed to come play for Mike Leach. And with Mike Leach's passing, things change. And uh, Sawyer Robertson on his way out. We'll see where he ends up. Meanwhile, over at Tennessee, we know that their offense, very high powered. They throw it around a lot. And they're going to be getting a piece back to their offense next year. Tight end Jacob Warren Announced on social media Wednesday that he is coming back for one more season in Knoxville. Six foot six, 250 pounds, had 12 catches for 163 yards. So Jacob Warren back, but might see a lot more playing time with Princeton Fant declaring for the NFL draft. He is moving on. Uh, Sam Pittman hired a new def co-defensive coordinator. Marcus Woodson will be joining the Arkansas staff after spending the last three years at Florida State. News was made official by the school on Wednesday. Uh, in addition to his stint with the Seminoles, he uh, played at Ole Miss from 99 to 2002 and spent two seasons on Auburn staff as a defensive backs coach about five years ago. Uh, Missouri has identified their next offensive coordinator as the Tigers look to replace offensive coordinator Bush Hamden, who left for Boise State last month. Pete Thamel reporting they're finalizing a deal to make Fresno State OC Kirby Moore the school's next offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Moore was part of the Fresno coaching staff since Jeff Tedford initially hired him back in 2017. He was the OC quarterback coach and play caller for their Mountain West title this year over at Fresno State. They're number 53 in the country in total offense. And lastly, a quick basketball note. Texas A&M's matchup on Florida was delayed uh, against Florida was delayed on Wednesday evening. The Aggies left their jerseys back at the hotel. The team had to turn around and go back to the hotel because they forgot their jerseys, and they took a delay of game and a technical free throw to start the game for Florida. So, uh, man, is today just uh, a lot of bad news for the Aggies? 
or good news. We'll talk about that next with our buddy Joey Ikes of Locked On Aggies. Uh, coming up next, like I said, we'll talk all about the Bobby Petrino hiring over at Texas A&M. But first, I want to remind you, this episode is presented by our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all things sports betting, uh, news, and analysis. You can get all the latest odds and trends for every pro and amateur league out there from pro football to, uh, of course, uh, basketball, Everything, they've got it up there for you at betonline.net. They are always the fastest and easiest way for you to get all your sports betting information. Our buddy Danny Cannell will join us sometime in the coming days. We'll preview the national championship game with him. That line has moved. BetOnline originally opened Georgia minus 13.5. Now it's Georgia minus 12.5. So seems some money maybe coming in on TCU thinking they got a chance now. Uh, to cover that number on Monday night. So if you're interested in getting in on the action, head on over to BetOnline. It is where the game starts. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Going along here, Locked On SEC. And joining us now, none other than our buddy, Joey Ikes, host of Locked On Aggies, and uh, Joey, man, it's it's been a while since we had you on because things weren't going so hot for the Aggies this year. Normally, we you know we talk about the successful teams, but man, what a year is it was for the Aggies on the football field. How are you, man? I, I'm doing well. You know, I, I'm doing. You no, know, it's it's been a day for sure, and it's it's been a year, as you said. Um, especially when you think about the high that A&M was that coming off of a year ago right now and where they were from the recruiting class and all that kind of stuff. And then just everything that's happened since then. And now Bobby Petrino is the offensive coordinator. So it, it's been a lot for sure. Well, let's start there. Well, let's start um, there. We, we had heard the rumor a few weeks ago that, that this might be a possibility. I think we all kind of laughed at it. And then the news comes out that UNLV hires and Barry Odom goes there as head coach and they're hired Bobby Petrino. It was like, I think we all kind of went, oh, well, that makes sense. Okay, Petrino's going to leave Missouri State to go be the OC at UNLV. I don't think anybody expected. No, no, no. The A&M rumor was real, and Jimbo's really bringing him in as OC. I guess right, wrong, and different. What was your initial reaction when you heard the news? Yeah, my initial reaction is that, you know, from a football standpoint, it can make a lot of sense in that Bobby Petrino's a guy who's been called in place for a long time in terms of style of offense and what he wants to accomplish on offense, it's not that different than what Jimbo Fisher has wanted to accomplish on offense over the years. So that part of it makes sense. Should be an easy, relatively easy handoff for Jimbo to let go of the reins a little bit there. Yeah. From everything else there's, we just talked about the year that they've had and all the chaos and suspensions and all that kind of stuff. Um, My question that my concern is, is that guy that the chaos that has followed Bobby Petrino throughout his career, is that really the guy we're going to infuse onto this coaching staff right now while we're trying to stabilize the ship? I don't know about that, but I guess there's only one way to find out. Yeah. I joked that, uh, you know, all the hate Jimbo's gotten, he probably said, you know, how can I deflect some of this hate towards me? Oh, I'll hire a guy that other people hate and uh, we'll bring him in. But Talk about the dynamic because, man, it, there was some discussion on Jimbo was not going to want to give up the, the play calling duties that he's everywhere he's been. That's what he's done. He's been, had full control of it. 
And I found it interesting a few weeks ago, um, I think maybe it was around signing day, where he kind of said, oh, man, I got so much more on my plate these days. I thought he kind of set the tone there saying, yeah, I'm going to give up play calling duties. Kind of insinuating, man, with NIL and all this other stuff. It's just so much for me to, to, you know, occupy my time. I don't have time to call plays. So I thought that was interesting. But from the standpoint you're talking about, I mean, I envision maybe you wait and wait till Monday, see if Cliff Kingsbury gets fired by the Arizona Cardinals. Maybe he would have made sense. You know, maybe go get a young up-and-comer like uh, Garrett Riley at TCU or something. But from a standpoint of just handing over the reins, there's nobody more experienced, I guess you would say, in calling plays than than Bobby Petrino himself. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, it's not that different of a philosophy. So it's not that big of a – not that huge of a leap for Jimbo to make from what he's wanted to be as an offensive coach over the years – to now what Bobby Petrino is going to want to do on offense. Those probably mesh relatively well. And I think uh, – I know AM made a significant run at Garrett Riley um, after the end of the regular season leading into the playoff. Um, and I think his belief was that he's relatively close to a head coaching opportunity as it is. He doesn't need to make the intermediate jump to AM to go get a head coaching opportunity. So I, I think – they were willing to go to Garrett Riley because of the success that he's had. Um, but from a, an offensive standpoint, it makes a lot of sense with the football stuff. I don't know about, I don't know about the cliff stuff. I don't, I don't think he's really, I don't know that he wants to come back to college for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned. And that, that to me is the biggest thing is that the job of a head coach has gotten so big. And if you think about it, like Kirby smarts, not calling defensive plays anymore. Um, Nick Saban's obviously not calling defensive plays. I think, I mean, Sonny Dykes isn't calling offensive plays. Garrett Riley's obviously doing that. And Ryan Day even said recently he's going to give up the offensive play calling pretty soon. So, I mean, that's all four college football playoffs. And Harbaugh is obviously not calling offensive plays either. So that's the four college football playoff teams plus Alabama that don't have their head coach calling plays. Um, I think the job is just too big with all the things you mentioned. Yeah, I was I was worried at first that the win over LSU to finish the season, it was a great, you know – consolation prize for a disastrous season for the Aggies. But I was worried that everything worked in that game. Jimbo's play calling was fantastic, and I was worried they would go, well, look, nothing's wrong here. Clearly, I'm okay It's still calling plays. Thankfully, for at least the Aggies' sake, it was none of that look. This was not – this did not go well all season long, and we need to make a, a change here. I, I will say, I mean, there is something to say about Bobby Petrino. Yes, he was very successful – a decade ago in the SEC, I'm looking at some of his numbers at Missouri State this past year, and they, you know, they weren't all that impressive. He gave Arkansas a game at Arkansas, and that was very impressive. But you know, when I look at some of the numbers. There's a lot of losses in there where they only scored, you know, 14 against South Dakota State, 20 against Northern Iowa. Do you think? I mean, is, if we're being completely neutral here, is that maybe just saying the level of athlete he had at Missouri State? It kind of is what it is, and that. Man, getting these four and five star recruits at A and M, he's going to have some of the best talent he's ever coached. Yeah, I think if you want to take the optimistic outlook about looking at his twenty twenty two results, it's that you know he didn't have a whole lot of talent. He did have better success the couple of years before that. I think they averaged a full touchdown or so more per game in twenty twenty one than they did in twenty twenty two. So you know maybe there's some talent turnover, a quarterback change, or something like that that caused that problem, but if you want to take the optimistic approach about 
what could happen at, at A&M. It's that idea that he just didn't have talent at Missouri State. And, you know, he is running a, a I don't want to say complex, but he's running a full offense. Like, he's running a real-life offense. It's not a gimmicky sort of situation. And so for him to step in with guys who are going to be insurance salesmen and accountants in a couple of years at Missouri State – and, uh, and run that offense, that's a little bit different than, you know, Connor Wigman's got the potential to be a first-round pick in two years from now, and, you know, Evan Stewart, too, and th- there's lots of those guys on the a roster right now if everything goes right. Yeah, I want to talk about that in just a second, but I, I do want to ask, what's, you know, you gave your opinion. What, what have you been reading on social media, and, and what are Aggie fans saying? Because it seems like it's a little bit of a mixed bag. I think that's exactly right. And that's almost how I feel internally, right? Like football wise, it makes some sense. You know, it wasn't that long ago that Lamar Jackson won the Heisman trophy with Bobby Petrino as his head coach calling plays for him. And so there's sort of this mix sort of torn. You want to have this hire happen and everybody and everything within you just like roar up and feel that's like if they hire Garrett Riley, right? Like everybody feels great about that. It's coming off a college football playoff national championship appearance you know, great offense, and you feel really great about it. This, there's a little bit more of that sort of give and take in the in the thought. You kind of you got to reach a little bit further to find the really really great pieces of it. Um, but I think there is some of that that could be there, even if you know I'm not thrilled about the fact that it is Bobby Petrino and you know did a whole show today on how it you know it messes with the process and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure. Hold that thought, Joey. There's a few more things I want to ask you on this, and we'll get to that in just a second. But first, I want to remind you, uh, this episode is brought to you you by our friends at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, uh, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. A lot of people's goals is going to be to eat a little healthier this year. And if you're like me, you want to eat healthier, but don't want to compromise taste then you got to go try Built. Built Bars are not just healthy, but they are actually tasty. They're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. They're perfect for a New Year's resolution. Of course, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. They're always trying out new flavors there. Uh, Not sure how Built does it, but they taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein packed in there. What are you waiting for? Head on over to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with the hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank us later. It is Built.com. Built.com. Go try them today. Run along here, Locked On SEC. We'll talk with our buddy Joey Ikes, host of Locked On Aggies, and Bobby Petrino, the new offensive coordinator heading to Texas A&M. That's from Chris Lowe over at ESPN. And uh, let's talk about it, Joey, because we saw some good things from Connor Wegman down the stretch of the season, uh, particularly in that LSU game. It looked like he really started to settle in and felt comfortable and, uh, you know, adjusting to the college game and all that. But um, is this good news, I would assume, for a guy like Connor Wegman, having a guy like Bobby Petrino call in place for him? I mean, I think you almost have to assume that it will be, um, just because, I mean, we've seen Bobby Petrino succeed with just about every flavor of quarterback you can possibly imagine. You know, he had Ryan Mallett, who is, you know, whatever, 6'7", or something like that, and, you know, 
he's the Statue of Liberty in the pocket, right? He's not going anywhere. And then you have Lamar Jackson, who is, you know, the quintessential, like the epitome of the running mobile quarterback, dual threat type player. And, you know, Connor is neither of those. He's a little bit more in the middle. I think the comparison that the uh, the A&M staff has made for him is, is Dak Prescott. So that's a pretty pretty high praise there. But, um, but I think there's a lot to work with on the offense. And I th- there's a lot of people talking about, you know, Connor's going to win a Heisman in the next two years with Bobby Petrino and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's a real hard thing to do. We'll, we'll have to wait and see about that. But I definitely think that there's a lot of potential upside here in the situation that, you knew that Jimbo was going to have to sort of swing for the fences on this thing because he's sort of swinging for his career at this point. Um, and if uh, if he's willing to make the risk on to hire Bobby Petrino, um, it, he's got to be pretty confident in what he's getting on the offensive side of the ball. What's that buyout go down to a year from now? By the way, is it still like- that's a that's a great question. <laughs> I know it's uh, I rem- I memorized the number eighty six million this year, but I don't know. I would assume it's you know somewhere in the neighborhood of. 10 million a year or something like that. Like, yeah, salary is yeah we're still like talking that. at least like 70 million. So it still is a somewhere pill, like that. Yeah. A tough pill to swallow. But um, that's what I, I had a friend text me immediately when he saw the hiring news. He said, well, a year from now, are we talking about Jimbo's buyout again? And I said, eh, we'll see. I mean, look, I, I hate to be all doom and gloom because there was a lot of that with the Aggies throughout the season. But uh, call me Mr. Optimistic. I do think they've done a good job of they did a good job of finding some pieces, right, as the year went along. And they got the hardest one figured out. Connor Wegman looks like he's the real deal. He looks, be- you know, at his best, he looked better than any, uh, you know, Haynes King or, you know, Zach Calzada moment in the last few years. So I, I think oh, yeah. they have something there. And then Evan Stewart, obviously, is a fantastic number one re- receiver. Moose Muhammad, uh, you know, put on a show in that LSU game. And so – there's some good fundamental pieces. They got to rebuild the offensive line. They got to replace uh, Devon A. Shane, and it sounds like Ruben Owens, the big five-star running back, he could come in and start from day one. So, uh, you know, look, it, it's been fun for the rest of the SEC to kind of poo-poo on the Aggies this year, this year and kind of dance on their grave. But that said, this thing could turn around very quickly for Jimbo. Yeah, and I think that's the whole thing that came out of the season was if they get the offensive coordinator higher right then the sky is really the limit here. Because if they score one more touchdown per game this year, I think they wind up winning like nine or ten games, something like that. Like, they were in almost every game. And the games that they got – one of the games they got blown out was Florida, and they were down like 25 scholarship players between injury and illness. So they they were very close. They just needed to score more points. And so if you get this offensive coordinator higher right – you're right back in the spot where you hope to be. And they did a good job over the last month when they weren't in bowl prep um, of finishing the 2023 recruiting class strong and adding some guys who can help early and some guys who can be depth pieces and things like that. And uh, and they, they're going to have potentially all five of their offensive line starters coming back for another year. And that includes Bryce Foster, who barely played this year between illness and injury. So, um, they're going to be much better on the offensive side of the ball in 2023 than they were in 2022, just due to experience. And like you said, having the quarterback from day one, instead of figuring it out, you know, in game seven or eight. like With Petrino coming in, A&M, you know, the offense scored more than 24 points only twice last season against FBS competition. So obviously that's, you know, like you said, you score seven more points a game and, and you're talking about a lot more wins 
Is there any concern just just on your level on having you know two Type A personalities on some butting aheads, or do you think Jimbo is truly going to hand the reins over? You know, we're, we're saying he's going to give him play calling, but I mean, just completely not meddle and say, Bobby, this is your offense. You know, you call all the plays, and that's that. Or will there be some headbutting along the way? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Jimbo's going to be in all the offensive meetings and all that kind of stuff because. When he – and we saw it in the LSU game. You talked about it a little earlier. Is there's like one or two games a year that you point to and go, that was a really like incredible game plan level game that he put together and called. He still has that in him. But I think the job just got too big for that to happen every week. And so hopefully you get that now every week from Bobby Petrino with some input from Jimbo. And there's actually been a conversation on one of the a and message boards about um, – will Bobby call plays from the sideline or from the booth because he's been a head coach. So he's been on the sideline for you know decades now, but then, you know, it's one of those, the two type a personalities on the sideline who both have heavy opinions about offense. Like maybe it's better if he's in the booth, maybe, you know, where he can turn Jimbo off and let Jimbo yell into this at him <laughs> instead of yelling right, right into his ear. So, you know, we'll fight, we'll figure that out as we get there. But, uh, but it's definitely, it's, that is definitely one of the risks whenever a guy who, like Jimbo, who's held so tightly to the offense for so long, decides to let it go. It's like, how open is that palm when he hands it, or is he sort of pulling it back as he goes? I'd love to see Jimbo with his, uh, with his, uh, or uh, Bobby with his play chart, and he's calling plays, and then Jimbo's over his shoulder, like, what are, yeah. what are we calling? You know, like just <laughs> the, looking over. The his memes shoulder. would be amazing, right? They, they would, they would write themselves. Uh, last thing, I mean, there, there is some good news. There are some guys coming back for this team. Damani Richardson, who was the leader of that secondary, him coming back for like his 18th year, uh, I think was great news. <laughs> but there's some pieces back. But in your opinion, I mean, you know, what, close to 30 guys in the transfer portal. Of all the guys they lost from, you know, really that that iconic signing class a year ago, which one do you think is going to hurt the most from all the guys that they lost to the, to the portal? Well, I, it's hard because most of the guys that they lost were either just depth pieces who needed to go somewhere else to play because they weren't going to play here, or that were guys who were had the potential to have playing time but got in trouble for some reason. You know, got suspended during the season a couple times, got arrested. There were four guys who were suspended indefinitely about two-thirds of the way through the season that two of them were completely – uh, kicked off the program, dismissed from the program, and would not have been allowed back to school anyway um, by the university, even if they had tried to come back. The other two had the opportunity to come back but chose to transfer. Um, to be honest with you, other than just you know depth and just the ability to have a full you know 85-man scholarship roster, maybe, maybe Tunis Adele, who transferred a defensive lineman who wound up at uh, Michigan State, I think is where he uh, transferred, and he's going to do – the defensive line coach there is awesome. Brandon Jordan is a pass rush like guru specialist. He's going to do great there. Um, maybe him because he was going to be a starter. He had been a starter early in the year before he got hurt. But that's really what it was. A lot of them was they were starters who got hurt and then got replaced by younger players who played well. And so they were going to be coming back in a fight with a younger player for playing time. And they probably were going to wind up on the short end of that stick. So they decided to go find another option. It's interesting, you know, just looking at the pieces on that D-line. I mean, Shamar Stewart, 
you know, showed show glances. Walter Nolan, you know, one of the top players in, in last year's class. And then, you know, you, you bring in some pieces in this current uh, class. Mm-hmm. Man, it's, uh, you know, the defensive line, we saw glimpses of it. But if they get all another year under the belt for those young guys, this could be an Aggie defensive front that really gets after it. Yeah, for sure. And, like, a guy like Fadil Diggs, who played really well for a stretch of two or three games right in the middle of the season last year, made some huge plays against Alabama and Arkansas, and then got hurt and missed the rest of the year and never really had a chance to build on that momentum. He'll be back. You know, you add, like, DJ Hicks. You know, you talked about Shamar and and Walter and McKinley Jackson has said he's coming back. So they're going to have pieces. They're going to have talent. You know, Jaden Catalan was on a, a visit to A&M this weekend or was on a visit to A&M. Um, on Wednesday, and so you know, just more pieces potentially coming into the into the into the pile here to create what could be a really good defense. And we just finished talking about what the offensive weapons look like. What's with all this incestuous? You know, a- Arkansas guys going to LSU, Arkansas guy looking at A and M, A and M guy going to LSU. It's like get away from go to like the Pac-12 or something like it's just so weird all these spread some of the yeah go go to the Pac-12 play over there make some of those teams better for, for yeah and then like not even going to like the SEC East staying in the SEC West it's just so oh. weird it's gonna make it well tougher. I think part of it is the locality right like you you've got family and friends and all that kind of stuff in an area and it's like yeah I want to leave because I need a better opportunity or want to extend my career or my education in a different place but you know it, Arkansas at a college station, you know, not that long of a drive. You know, you're, you're relatively close to that. You know, I've made the drive from Arkansas into Central Texas a time or two. Uh, and so same thing to, to Baton Rouge and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think it makes some sense logistically. It's a lot harder to pick up your life and move from Arkansas to California than it is to move from Arkansas to College Station or Baton Rouge or something like that. Okay, so last thing, Joey, what's the verdict? Uh, Bobby Petrino, good hire, bad hire, wait and see. I think it's got to be a wait and see just because there's so much unknown about, you know, the off the field stuff. And I'll, I'll ride the fence uh, my, on my show on, on Wednesday, I, I laid into him pretty hard about the way the process played out and just how can you hire this guy and what he, what his history is and all that kind of stuff. That was one of those instant reaction, like just, you know, guttural type um, podcast. But the, the further I get away from it, you know, here we are a few hours later as we record, um, it's uh, it's sort of settled in a little bit, and the idea of what it could be from a football standpoint, um, there is definitely some upside there that you can see at least the logic that Jimbo had whenever he decided to make it. We got Hugh Freeze back in the conference. We got Bobby Petrino. I think we just need Derek Dooley to be somebody's OC, and we'll just be there, you know old, you old school SEC again. Joey Ikes, host of Locked On Aggies. Go check him out there. Joey, thanks for the time, man. Absolutely, Chris. Thank you. All right. That's Joey Ikes there. And uh, this episode of Locked On SEC, we appreciate you guys for making us your first listen every day. For your next listen, go check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked On SEC.